Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. In Odyssey Station. The score! Hit and run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. And now the 0-2 pitch on the way to Edmund. Swing and a miss. So far, so good. The 2-2 is taken. Strike three called. Edmundo Sosa called out on strikes. How about Caleb Killian? Three perfect innings featuring four strikeouts. Sosa at first. He's not going. The pitch. Called strike three. A delayed call by the home plate umpire Edwin Moscoso on a cutter at the knees. Edmund did not like the call. It will not change the decision. One ball and two strikes on Gorman. Just one for nine in the series. Swings and misses. First curveball. It was down in the dirt. And Gorman way out in front. Oh, yeah. That will get down for a hit angle around third. Will score, and they're on the board. Couple of blue pits here in the eighth. It's two to one. Jake Berger gets a hold of one deep to left center. That ball is gone. White Sox lead three to two. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Good morning, baseball people. 9.02 on a Sunday morning, live and local, right here on The Score, after a fun baseball Saturday. And that's good, because that's what we talk here Sunday mornings. Baseball, 9 to noon. It'll be CBS Radio after me. The Cubs don't play until the night game. Uh, so uh, Cody Decker will be here with Down the Line at 5 o'clock. 5.30 or so will be Cubs pregame. And then at 6 o'clock on these very airwaves, it'll be Cubs and Cardinals. Adam Wainwright against Justin Steele. We will preview that one a little bit later on. We'll also preview the finale in Tampa between the White Sox and the Rays. Lucas Giolito and Ryan Yarborough. Yarborough, the opener, um, over there. So that'll be the final matchup for White Sox and Rays. Looking around baseball, it's Zach Day. Zach Gallen and Zach Thompson are pitching. Arizona versus Pittsburgh. Zach Plesak is pitching for Cleveland. That's three. 
I think we are at, give me an official count. Would you, Sean Sears, um, just do the research for me. It's very, very important. Um, I believe we're at a total of eight different Zachs who have started games in Major League Baseball. Uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, Zach Logue. There's, it's a big pile of Zachs. So today, only three. I'm sorry there's only three Zachs. We'll try to get you more uh, at some point during the week. And, and, of course, keep it right here for all your important Zach updates. I was at the ballpark last night on the north side. I want to talk about that atmosphere. I want to talk about Caleb Killian's debut a bunch. Um, talk about the Cubs kids that are here, the electric Christopher Morell and Matt Swarmer, who pitched the first game yesterday and was better than Killian, and now in his two starts, he's been he's been really good. And that's not a guy that you expected to be thinking about as a piece for the future, and maybe you still shouldn't. But Killian is a big deal, and I think a lot of you know why. We will discuss and talk about along the way. That Jake Berger home run in Tampa is a big deal for White Sox fans, isn't it? You got a timely hit. There have not been timely hits, and it's a pinch hit for Jake Berger. I love that he took off and was sprinting. Had no idea it was going to be gone and then was able to relax a little bit. He said he was floating around the bases on that one. He's going to remember that one. That is such a good dude. Easy guy to root for. Jake Berger coming back from the massive injuries and all the missed time, obviously. But um, he's very grateful, very present. Does a lot of work on mental health uh, and I've talked to him about it once or twice. Um, And I, I just I really dig that kid. So nice to see him turning into a real big leaguer who should be going nowhere when some injured players come back. And Danny Mendick with a big night. His defensive play to end the eighth inning when Kendall Graveman got in trouble again. Because that guy seems to get in trouble a lot. Gets out of it a bunch, but does get in trouble a lot. But Mendick with a great play to get out of that. And then you heard the call of Mendick's RBI single. Gotta say, here in the midst of broadcaster roulette, what a crazy-ass town we are in. When we are blessed with excellent national quality-level broadcasters in this town, play-by-play guys, and I'm not just talking about myself because of the four games that I did out in Arizona for the Cubs at the end of spring training. I mean, I know that you think it speaks, you know, look... Stop calling yourself a national-level broadcast play-by-play guy, okay? All right, I wasn't talking about myself. I was talking about Len Casper. That was fun just now hearing Len Casper on Score Airwaves. We don't usually get to do that. He works for um, an evil rival on another frequency on the AM dial. But last night, he's doing, TV, he's doing TV, so we could hear Casper make that call. And that we'll hear it again later. I love that frog that gets in his throat when he's excited. Nice to hear Len, who is, of course, uh, an outstanding bass player and a good man. So there's Casper there. The uh, Cubs and the Cardinals game on television, you didn't hear that there because you heard Cubs-Cardinals from right here on the score with Zach Zaidman on the call in the fifth. And, of course, Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer all game long. TV last night, if you were home and you were watching, you saw Adam Amin, your Bulls broadcaster, and now I believe officially the number two baseball play-by-play guy at Fox. Number one is Joe Davis with the uh, departure of Joe Buck to ESPN. So it was Adam Amin and A.J. Przinski 
doing Cubs Cardinals on Fox. Benetti is is on Peacock this morning, which is why Casper's doing TV. Uh, Book Shambi will be doing tonight's Cubs Cardinals game, but he'll be doing it on radio with Doug Glanville as is his ESPN job. <laughs> a broadcaster roulette. Unbelievable. It's a very, very, it, it, we're blessed in this town with great broadcasters, but it does make it a little, uh, a little haphazard sometimes on the, uh, on the weekend. That's for sure. So look, phone lines are going to be open all morning long for you at 312-644-6767. That's also how you text. And that is the text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Those are some good folks out that way, people. I am a, I'm a Hyundai family. Uh, through and through, there are three vehicles in the Spiegel family, all Hyundais, all gotten from Rosen Hyundai and Algonquin because the service is just outstanding. Very, very good folks. So you can text, you can call, and we're going to talk Cubs and White Sox uh, all throughout the morning. Scott Efros, the side armor for the Cubs, is going to join us at 10 o'clock. Looking forward to talking to him about sidearm pitching when he started to do that, about his career, and he's a very... Uh, analytical and interesting, curious man. So we'll talk to him about what he's learned about pitching, but also just what it's like to be around that team right now with some of the kids that have come up. I know they're bad in terms of the record. I know what they are, and you by now know what they are. And you're able to look at this, hopefully, in a different way on certain days especially. Certain days help get there. To look at it in a different way. Because the future was there last night. There was lots of lots of moments there last night. You're like, oh yeah, that that, that person matters. That Oh, that person's going to matter. Oh, maybe that person matters. This guy, well, he doesn't matter too much for the future. But oh, he got a hit in a big moment. So that's nice. Let's applaud for Jason Hayward. But it's about the kids, right? And what it is, as the listeners have said here, the one person who texted two weeks ago, and I brought it up again last week, and he texted, yeah, well, that was me. I'm going to bring it up again now, three weeks in a row. It's more fun to watch talent wax than wane. Watching talent wane. <sighs> but wax on. Oh, yes. Wax. Oh, yes. There it is. So we will talk plenty of Cubs and plenty of White Sox. I mentioned um, Scott Efrost at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Joe Roderick, friend of mine from St. Louis, radio guy, uh, radio host, Cardinals expert does a daily Cardinals podcast, but also his favorite job right now that he has that I enjoy is these. He's the producer of the Joe West podcast. And so we talk a lot about Joe West and how that's going. Hawk Harrelson was on inside the clubhouse yesterday morning with Bruce Levine and with Mark Grody sitting in. And had a great cut about Joe West. I'll play that later on when we have Joe Roderick on. But guess who the guest is tomorrow on the Joe West podcast? Jerry Reinsdorf is the guest. So Reinsdorf sitting down for a while with Joe West. And I I heard some stories last night because Joe Roderick, so many Joes, too many Joes. Roderick was at the game last night, so we were hanging out at Gallagher Way before the game, talking a little bit. He told me some good Reinsdorf stories, so we'll try to get a couple out of him of things that Jerry has said to Joe West on that podcast. We'll do that about 1040. Um, Chris Kamka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago, Chicago, always ties the show together like a nice area rug, and he's going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. 
And all morning long, we'll take your phone calls and your texts at 312-644-6767. The theme of the day is hope. That is the theme. For the White Sox, you're hoping that a Jake Berger big hit, uh, a much-needed win that snaps a four-game losing streak down in Tampa is a harbinger of things to come. But you've had a lot of moments like that. So it's hard to traffic in that kind of hope right now for White Sox fans, isn't it? It is for me. I thought uh, the Tim Anderson shut your mouth, Homer, in Yankee Stadium on the day of a doubleheader sweep when Michael Kopech was awesome. Thought that was going to be a a, a jumping-off point. Now, by the way, seeing Josh Donaldson back with the Yankees after he came off the injured list, I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) Makes me unhappy. I don't like that dude. Never have, of course, now less than ever. But anyway, that's not why you called. So it's hard to traffic in that kind of hope for the White Sox because their problems seem so deep right now. On the offense, Yasmani Grandal is just a disaster. Invent an injury for Yaz and and bring up, I don't know, Sebi Zavala and just play Reese McGuire the whole time. Whatever you got to do, don't, don't, don't make us watch Yaz anymore for a while. Woo! I mean, he is drawing some walks and taking some pitches, but he's also striking out a ton. Check out Yasmani Grandal's slugging percentage when you get a chance. <laughs> Check that out. That's not good. Do we have an official Zach count? Sean Sears. I mean, come on. This is the most important thing I could throw at you. I know. So we do have. So let me count here again really quick. I think we're up to nine Zachs. Okay. So you were right there. But yeah. Nine Zachs. A lot of Zachs. Have they all started? Have they all started games? Look at the sort sort by games started. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So almost. uh, So I would (laughs) say. Folks, did you hear the? mm -hmm, I know how to use a website. (laughs) Matt, did you hear that tone? I enjoyed that. (laughs) Go ahead. No, seven of them have been starters. Okay. Three of them are relievers. Okay, seven Zach starters. Mm. Okay, well, you know, three today is is very exciting. I, Got a lot I, of I, Zachs. I a variation of the Zachs too. There's some C, some H, some Ks. Just I, we don't judge. We right. Don't, we don't judge. We'll there's take no all the Zachs. There's no Zach shaming. No Zach shaming. You want to go ZAC? You're good. You want to go CK? You want to go CH? Whatever. Granky, Gallon, Wheeler, Thompson, Plesac. I just I'm overwhelmed. So anyway, hard for me to traffic in that particular brand of White Sox hope. But enjoy the win. Hope you did enjoy the win. And if you've got that in you to hope and uh, expect a shift for that offense, um, then then good for you. There's more to talk about from that game. Dylan Cease walking seven. What's that all about? But this Cubs thing last night with Caleb Killian, here's, here's why. And I, I assume that most people know. But just to just to to set it up nice and clean, when Jed Hoyer made all those deadline trades and sent all those people away, Rizzo and Bryant and Baez, and then there were all those other little trades that went along with it, whether it was uh, Jake Marisnik, um, who else did they deal last year at the deadline? They, they dealt like seven or or eight, uh, Kimbrel. And Ryan Tapera. Tapera, Chafin. Andrew Chafin, all those guys. So they got back 12 players. And some of them were prospects. Not all of them were. And most of them are are young players. But some of them are on the big league level, like Nick Madrigal. Some of them are hurt, like Cody Hoyer. But they got back a bunch of minor league prospects. For Baez, they got Pete Crow Armstrong, who has been phenomenal. 
at Myrtle Beach, low A ball, an outrageous 177 WRC plus. That's weighted runs created plus 100 is the average. He's at 177. That's incredible. He got promoted. It was an aggressive assignment to begin with at Myrtle Beach. Now he's been promoted. He's in South Bend. He's nearby. Plays four games so far at South Bend. A lot more to come. So PCA came from the Baez trade. Kevin Alcantara and Alexander Vizcaino came from the Yankees in the Rizzo trade. Vizcaino, the pitcher, is on a restricted list since March um, with kind of secretive stuff. I don't know whether he's injured, whether he's COVID, whether there's visa visa issues. I have no idea, um, frankly. But Vizcaino is not around not pitching. Alcantara, though, down at Myrtle Beach, is killing it. 131 WRC plus with a huge arm. I saw him in the spring. Huge outfield arm. He's long and lean and powerful. And he's going to get a lot more power as he fills out. So those two, those three are fun. They're down in the minors. Then for, from San Francisco for Chris Bryant, the big piece was Alexander Canario. And Canario in South Bend has been killing it at high A. 161 WRC+. plus. This is over last year and this year combined for Alexander Canario. Big, big power. Has been promoted to Tennessee in A. Not doing great there. But it's early. 57 WRC+. plus. Really bad there. But some power. Five homers, 14 ribs, 13 runs scored. We'll see what happens with Canario as he rises up. But the power tool is real. The extra prospect they got from San Francisco was Caleb Killian. That's the extra prospect, the secondary piece. Canario, the main guy. But Killian they got because they liked him. They liked that he threw strikes, strikes people out, does not walk people. In the minors, like 155 total innings, I believe, in the minors with a ERA just over two for Caleb Killian. Been really good overall. But they got him. Did the Cubs thinking that they could do some things with their new pitching infrastructure uh, brought to you by Craig Breslow and others that would boost the velocity on his fastball. They like that he throws strikes, like his moxie, his mindset, et cetera, but needed him to throw a little harder. Well, were you watching last night? He struck out Tommy Edmond on a 96-mile-an-hour elevated fastball for his first big league strikeout. It was a highly anticipated moment, a big debut. It's the first prospect acquired from those trades of the main guys to reach the majors. And he's a starting pitcher. And he was 10 up, 10 down to get going. Three perfect frames, got in trouble in the fourth, um, looked like he lost the emotional edge. He said after did Caleb Killian that he wasn't using his bottom half to pitch and make his way down the mound mechanically, and he was able to refocus after that inning. Uh, in the ballpark, I'm watching, looked like he was nibbling. He, he, he walked a couple of guys. You can't nibble up here, and he's not a nibbler. You're going to have to throw it even more in the zone when you do put it in the zone. I know you want to live on the edges, but until you get the full respect and you learn your umpires and everything like that, hitters don't get themselves out up here. Real good hitters. Everywhere, even the bad hitters, are better than the guys you've been facing in the minors. They have better eyes. They're more patient. Um, They know what they're doing. They're more fearless. You can't nibble. So he walked a couple, then ended up giving up a big hit to that dude Donovan, who's just another one. 
Freaking Cardinals, man. Cardinals devil magic. You're like, where did this guy come from? Who's that guy? What, what's that? Oh, and then there's Goldschmidt and Arenado. Whew, Goldschmidt is on another planet right now. I know the hitting streak is done, but that dude, ugh, there's very few people like him. So very cool to see Caleb Killian got in trouble in the fourth, gave up the three runs. Nice to see him come back in the fifth, gets a chance to end the night well, and does. Overall, five innings pitched, three hits, three runs earned, two walks, six Ks. And an emblem of hope. We've talked so much about whether this is a rebuild or whether it is a slow build or whether it is a teardown or an allocation. You know what I call it? It's a build. It's, it's, it, that's what it is. They're building. Jed is building something. He's not going to be afraid to sign some veterans at what he deems sensible free agent money like Stroman and say a Suzuki and the like while you're also seeing tons of debuts. I mean, look around the pitching staff right now. This is different. This is Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson and Caleb Killian and now Matt Swarmer, Scott Efros, who we're going to talk to at 10, and Rowan Wick. And, like, there's a lot of, a lot of people here. So, look, they're not going to prioritize winning on the big league level here in year number one. And I believe they are going to prioritize winning on the big league level next year. They're going to spend a bunch in the offseason. John Heyman gave you that uh, last week, that dovetails with stuff that I've heard as well. And in the meantime, you're getting debuts. Christopher Morell has lit some of the fan base on fire. He plays like his hair is on fire, according to David Ross. So some fun there. And because I was there on a beautiful night, yes, I'm feeling it a little bit. I admit to feeling the flow a little bit on, a, on Caleb Killian night, having a good time. And I know Sean was there as well. We'll talk about that vibe in the ballpark. You'll hear from Caleb Killian what he had to say post-game. Some good stuff, um, and we will take your phone calls and take your texts all morning long. Scott Efros at the top of the hour, Joe Roderick, 1040, uh, Kamka in the 11 o'clock hour, me, Matt Spiegel, here with you talking about hope, the potential hope for a White Sox regular season push that desperately needs to happen based on a timely hit and Liam Hendricks looking real good last night in the ninth inning. And what Caleb Killian and some of the other kids mean for your Cubs experience. Let's talk about it all morning long and hit and run right here on 670 The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. And he comes back 1-2, and Molina strikes out swinging. Chasing one off the outside edge. Third strikeout for Killian. It was the best day ever, best day of my life. To be able to debut at Wrigley Saturday night. Uh, against the Cardinals, and it starts raining. Tie game in the ninth. I, I was, I couldn't ask for anything better. Killian's red. Now, what's the hair color for Caleb Killian? It's not really red. I want it to be, just for the uh, the song and the beer alike. But it is not. Caleb Killian called it the best day ever. Best day of his life, debuting in MLB. Debuts are fun, aren't they? You look all around the league, you're seeing some good stuff. And um, we've seen some uh, some local kids. See Jack Sawinski, local kid Jack Sawinski, hit a walk-off yesterday in Tampa. Or, sorry, in Pittsburgh. I wonder if his father, uh, Tim, was there. We talked to Tim on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. And his mom, whose name escapes me, they were together on the speakerphone doing media together. Adorable. 
Good, uh, good stuff for Jack Swinski. But there's Caleb Killian last night making the debut. It's hit and run here. Matt Spiegel with you on 670 The Score. Listen to Caleb Killian talking about getting to Wrigley Field early to uh, to check it out yesterday. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, I got to at least get here early and uh, check out the place, get comfortable. So it was really cool to just, I don't know, it was breathtaking when I first walked out there to see this place. Coolest ballpark ever, says Caleb Killian. Yeah, first time. Coolest ballpark ever. <laughs> what a place to debut. Oh, man. That is just such a damn happy kid. He looked the part last night, didn't he? He looked the part. He, um, and when I, when I say that, I mean like, oh, yeah, it looks like a big league pitcher. In terms of throwing strikes, but just the whole comportment and composure. Was reading Sahadev Sharma on The Athletic this morning, and uh, I love Sahadev's work, but he was talking about like hanging around with some reporters, and they were discussing yesterday, God, most anticipated Cubs pitcher debut since... And they're throwing around crazy names because your mind goes old school. My mind goes prior. That's what I said to myself in here just now. Yeah, Mark Pryor. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time ago. That's a crazy long time. And that is the number two pick overall in the draft who everybody thought should have been number one. That was a guy who supposedly had absolutely perfect mechanics. Perfect mechanics. And then, of course, he ends up getting hurt because of uh, what we later talk about, the inverted W. Uh, the inverted W. It's an M, folks, but it, it looks like a W when the arms split. One arm up, the other one uh, with the ball is also up. Anyway, but Pryor had perfect mechanics, and it's funny. I remember at the time, because uh, Larry Rothschild, give him the extra S, he deserves it, uh, was the pitching coach, and Pryor was a guy who came with his own pitching coach, came with his own mechanics came with his own training regimen because he was California. He was USC. And while he'd been out there, he was working with a guy who now everyone respects universally and should have been respected universally at the time. But a lot of us, I remember, I remember reading and hearing people saying, what the hell does Tom house know? What does Tom house know? Cause Tom house was Pryor's guy. House is now widely uh, talked about as like one of the godfathers of modern pitching mechanics. He was Mark Pryor's guy, and everybody's like, well, "This is Tom House person." Oh, my pitching coach knows how to do it. My organization knows how to do it. Tom knew what he was doing. So yes, Mark Pryor comes to mind. Um, really, I think the answer is Adbert Alzali because we probably trafficked in very similar bits of hope when Adbert was coming up, and you're like, man, Cubs pitching prospect. Hasn't been the one in a long time since, uh, I don't know, Mark Pryor. Like, we had some of those conversations around the same time. And Adbert is, of course, hurt. Got an update on Adbert yesterday. He's got a, a, a lit, uh, still a bit more to go. But I found myself thinking of Pryor. I found myself thinking of Matt Clement. Just in terms of the body type, tall and thin, and the way that there is a little bit of a knee bend uh, at different times to make him look a little shorter. But just the, uh, for some reason, Matt Clement came to mind as he's walking off the mound. There's there's a Mark Pryor comp from a, from a text line. Yeah, you, you dream of that. 
<laughs> Texture says, as I enjoy my Sunday coffee, not really appreciating you pointing out how long ago Mark Pryor and his towel drill came through. I'm not old. You're old. We're old together. We're both old. Yes, the towel drill. But it all, it all makes sense. My gut tells me, says a texter, after that collision and rollover that Mark Pryor was never the same again. I think that that is, uh, that is largely true. <sighs> Who's the collision with? I always... <sighs> was it with a Giles? Was it Marcus Giles? Um, or Marcus Giles' Ken, brother? Ken Giles, maybe? No, no, no. Uh, there, was, there was Marcus and there was another Giles. Google Mark Pryor collision. For me, please, as I on air use producer Sean Sears as my research tool. You're right, Marcus Giles. It is Marcus Giles. Okay. Text says, dude, I was old when Mark Pryor made his debut. What does that make me now? Yeah, no, that's that's on you, sir. You'll have to figure that one out on your own. I, I cannot do that math. If you were old then, whew, then congratulations on being alive here on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. So, look, super fun to to get excited about a pitching debut. I mean, let, let's exhaust, let's empty the the uh empty the the, the chamber of Caleb Killian post game. Here's more Caleb Killian. Uh what he was thinking about. This is number 12. What he was thinking about there um while he was trying to pitch to PJ Higgins in the first inning of his debut. Um I think it helped build some confidence. Um I was honestly just thinking about throwing at the mid each pitch, one at a time, not trying to let the whole moment get to me and just breathe and relax out there. So he's breathing, he's relaxing, he's throwing at the mid. When he got to the fourth inning and things started to fall apart, is that when he let the moment get to him a little bit? Um, well, at leadoff walks, that's never fun. It always hurts you. It seems like they always score. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think I just let the moment get to me maybe a little bit. I stopped using my legs as much. I noticed that. Kind of fixed it in the in the fifth inning. Um, got my velo back up a little bit, and I think that's the main thing that was going on. So stopped using his legs. Interesting. Uh, I told you what I, what I thought he was nibbling. He says the leadoff walk. Oh, the dreaded leadoff walk, as Hawk would always say. And Hawk was right. Man, it was good to hear Hawk yesterday and inside the clubhouse. It really was. Just felt like baseball season. You can't nibble. Can't nibble. Got to throw strikes. Got to go after people if you want to last. I remember. Um, this might seem like a weird comp, but it always fits for me when the brain goes there, and mine did. When Daisuke Matsuzaka pitched for the Red Sox, he there were like stories about him in Japan. He's tireless. He's he he just throws and throws and throws. One game he threw 150 pitches. Next game he threw 170 pitches. Numbers might not be exact. One game, he threw 220 pitches. Four days later, he did it again. And then pitched both ends of a doubleheader. Like, there was that kind of legend accompanying Daisuke Matsuzaka. He had pitched 16 years in the Japanese league and then seven in MLB. Well, maybe not all 16. Uh, before the seven, I think he went back there and pitched some more. But anyway, he's, uh, by the way, he's currently a color commentator and YouTuber, Daisuke Matsuzaka. But here's the point. Heard these legendary stories about how many pitches the man throw. He's tireless. What a horse. You know what he was? He was a nibbler. Dude would not throw strikes. 
would throw right around the zone on the outside edges and hope that hitters would chase. And they had done that in Japan most of the time. But they wouldn't do it in the bigs. And he ended up being so frustrating. I say that because you tell me nibbler. What certain pitchers come to mind. You can't, don't nibble. Don't nibble. Attack, attack, attack. One of my favorite interviews that we've done this year, certainly with a baseball player, and I've had a chance to do a bunch on Hit and Run and a bunch with Danny Parkins on our afternoon show on Parkins and Spiegel here on The Score, 2 to 6, Monday through Friday, was with David Robertson of the Cubs, and he talked about what he had learned, what he has done, and just throw the damn ball over the plate. Got good stuff? Good. Excellent. Good for you. You've worked hard. You're in the big leagues. Got good stuff. Now throw strikes. Good luck, everybody. Hope the defense behind you does the job. Hitting is hard. It's incredibly hard. I'm paraphrasing here what David Robertson had to say, but just attack, attack, attack. Lance Lynn will tell you the same thing. Longtime MLB veterans who are making the most of their lives and their stuff and their career. Go for it. Attack, attack, attack. Jose Quintana was a nibbler. Oh, yes. How about right now? You guys see what Jose Quintana's doing in Pittsburgh? See what, see what his season is like? Man, it's very, very interesting. Jose uh, Quintana is going to be very appetizing for some teams here at the trade deadline of this particular season. He has started 10 games. He's got a whip of 1.23. He's got an ERA of 2.32, does Jose Quintana. Um, 10 starts, 50 innings, so he's averaging about five innings per start, and the ERA is just above two. Put me down for not interested. White Sox fans, you interested in a reunion with Jose Quintana? Our guy Shane Reardon, producer on Parkinson's Spiegel, brought it up the other day in, uh, in the context of some solutions. In fact, I think I'll talk about that with you in a matter of moments here, White Sox fans. I'm going to talk about some solutions. How about a few solutions? We came up with a few on the afternoon show, and I want to make sure you heard them. And if you didn't hear them, I'll give them to you, and we'll discuss, and I want to get uh, your take on it. Lots to come here on Hit and Run. We'll do some White Sox solutions coming up in a little bit. A phenomenal comp for Christopher Morell. Been looking for one. Got a really good one. During the course of the week on the score, I pulled that. want to talk about that with you later on. We will uh, do why we love baseball this week and have a fun highlight about that. And next hour, Scott Efros and Joe Roderick, who produces the Joe West podcast and talks Cardinals every damn day of the baseball season. It's Matt Spiegler with you. Wide open phones at 312-644-6767 on hit and run on the score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. 2-2 coming. He struck him out, and the White Sox win. 3-2 the final. They come back with three big ones in the eighth. Jake Berger's home run holds up. Oh, that was a big one. That's exactly how we played the first four games in this road trip, and we thought, sure, this one we didn't. It's a testament to never give in, never give up. Tony La Russa, never giving in, never giving up. White Sox get a win in Tampa. We'll see what happens today when Lucas Giolito takes the mound. Uh, good news is 
that um, the Cleveland Guardians lost and that the Minnesota Twins lost. So the White Sox are a half game back of the Guardians for second place. They are five games back of the Twins for first place in the woefully mediocre American League Central. 31 wins for Minnesota atop the division. Fewer than any other division leading team. And there are three teams with run differentials of minus 57 or worse in that same division. Uh, No other division has three teams with negative run differentials. Oh, wait, there's one. My bad. National League Central, of course. Pirates and Reds at minus 78, minus 58, respectively. And the Cubs still with a negative run differential at minus 11. But that White Sox run differential of minus 57, man. Woo! Um, I saw the stat. Where was it? Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I'll, I'll look. I, I, it like teams... With a minus 50 run differential that went on to make the playoffs was the stat. Here it is. According to Elias, only 12 teams have made the postseason after reaching minus 50 in run differential at any point in the season. So 12 teams ever. So, you know, that's, that's, that's not nobody. Last year's Cardinals did it. Last year's Cardinals were a minus 50 at one point. Ended up making the playoffs. Anybody remember the Cardinals winning streak late in the season when everything got rolling? They won 17 straight games, did the Cardinals. White Sox have that in them? Could you see that happening? The the ball seems to be different. Or if the ball's not different all over the game, uh, the weather is just warming up. But the conspiracy ball theorists out there are chatting amongst themselves about how MLB has changed the ball in the middle of the season before. They've done it before, so maybe they're doing it again. So Joe Sheehan tweeting about it this morning. Or did I see Dan Bernstein retweeting Joe Sheehan about it? It's, it's all the same, folks. Probably was a Bernstein retweet. Because I don't follow Joe Sheehan. Does it make me a bad person? I don't think so. Here's some of the White Sox solutions before we go to the phone lines that got bandied about on the afternoon show during the course of the week. Here's the thing. I think they desperately need new blood. They really need new, exciting blood from a human. And it's not going to be a manager. Even though the Phillies looked around and said, you know what? We're not good. Let's fire Joe Girardi. And Joe Girardi himself, (laughs) you got to love Joe Girardi saying, yep, I, I saw that coming. Makes all the sense in the world. What? Huh? Good for you. Joe Girardi commenting on that. That was, that, was, that was pretty cool. Joe, way to go. I think, I think some guys got off to some slow starts offensively. Um, and, and that happens, right? But, you know, I think you can overcome sometimes one thing, maybe even two, but sometimes when it's more than that, I think it's somewhat difficult because, I, you know, I can look back on this last week when we were, I don't know, three and seven. And I think realistically, we probably should have been seven and three. Well, that's going to fall on me because we weren't. And and I understand that. And um, I just pray that, you know, that they get better and um, (laughs) they get to the playoffs.
Crazy, man. Joe Girardi, very comfortable talking about it and understanding why he got fired. And he did get fired. White Sox are not going to do that with Tony La Russa. Tony's here until Tony decides he doesn't want to be here. Um, the overall problem with them and Tony, God, we've all talked about it so much. I've talked about it so much. It drives me crazy. I'm not going to spend a lot of more time on this show battering the ram that is the often seeming somnambulant Tony La Russa. And yes, Texter, I stole that word from you because I enjoyed you just texting that to me. But here's the deal. Need new blood. So where do you get it? From the minors. They should have brought up three or four days ago. Some of you want Yolbert Sanchez um, to play second base from Charlotte. Me, I want Lennon Sosa. I want Lennon Sosa to come right up from double A and play. Double A call-ups are happening all over baseball. Cubs just did it with Morrell, did it with Nelson Velasquez as well. Um, the Angels have done it, or not the Angels, the Braves, excuse me, have done it with Michael Harris the second. Lennon Sosa is a middle infielder with Pop, who has been hitting the ball incredibly well this year. The numbers are great at double A. And I, I really think, bring him up, put him at second. It, you can put him at short if you want. Although Mendick's been playing pretty well there. But stop showing me Leary Garcia. I know you signed him at five and a half million per, and he's here for the next three years. Three years! But for God's sakes, that doesn't mean you have to play him. It doesn't, Tony. Oh, see, I told you I wasn't going to rail on Tony, and here I am. I want Rick Hahn to bring up a kid and put him out there and make Tony play him every damn day. Somebody with ebullience and energy and skills and a really good bat right now. And that's Lennon Sosa. Bring him up. Play him. Start him. Light a fire. Build, uh, build some, some kind of sense of, uh, of accountability here among your players. My God. So anyway, that's one thing I want to do. Um, Chris Tannehill was tasked with being in charge of playing time allocations. He wants A.J. Pollock out there every day. Every day. Come on. What are we doing? We in load management mode while you're three games under with a negative 57 run differential? Falling into third place? In danger of maybe falling to fourth place at some point? You don't want to do that. So uh, how about a nice static top five was Tanny's thing. Nice static top five, top six. Same damn lineup, trotted out at least the top half of it. And it, let it include A.J. Pollock. Let him, let him lead off. He's done it before in his life. He's an adult, a professional hitter until T.A. comes back. I like that. Then Shane Reardon was in charge of deadline acquisitions or preemptive deadline acquisitions. And Shane's new podcast, Southsiders, debuts. He and Gabe Ramirez, our, uh, our, our new White Sox podcast coming to you from Odyssey and from 670 The Score. Look for it. Southsiders with Shane and Gabe. And Shane had brought up trading for maybe Josh Bell from Washington. That's a good fit. I like that thought. Switch hitting first baseman? Uh, yeah. Big. Mostly, I thought all left. Is he all left or is he a switch? He is a switch hitter, but he does hit significantly better on the left significantly side. Significantly better on the left side. So that would certainly help them. You need, a, you need a lefty that mashes because righties with a slider usually dominate the White Sox, as they did yesterday. This kid Rasmussen from Toronto who went seven. Huh? Who? What? How? Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. So, uh, and Shane also had, uh, I forget who, I forget which second baseman he had. He also had Quintana. Go out and get Quintana. 
bring Jose Quintana home. I, I don't think you need the starting pitcher right now myself. I also have concerns about Quintana in um, high-pressure situations because I learned a lot about that dude during his Cubs years. And I think there's a reason that he is flourishing once again in a non-competitive atmosphere of Pittsburgh. And I forget who he had for second base. He had another thought. Oh, oh, it was somebody who was going to cost a lot who they're not going to get. I remember. With Maryfield? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I forget. It wasn't Cattell Marte, but it was, it, uh, it was another name. In that mold. Yeah, it was, it was in that mold, and it was like, oh, no, they're not going to be able to do that. I, I want to bring up a kid and have him play. Come on. Come on. 670, the score is where you are. And uh, it is hit and run. Let's take a phone call real quick before we uh, take a break. This is Ron on the South Side. Ron, you're my caller of the hour. The only one I'm going to be able to squeeze in today. What's up, Ron? You know what baseball feels like. Sure Somebody is, hitting from the left side speed. Yeah. Grandal in Mankata. Grandal has struck out 41 times. They are the worst hitters in the White Sox lineup. Yeah, Johan Mankata has walked twice i don't you know to me i don't know how you're going to correct it if you don't get these two guys um going, and, and real quick steve um yom and kata has turned out to be one of the most disappointing Sox players in the last few years i remember even before roberts came he was talked of being a 5-2 player yes possible mvp candidate but it, it's it's a, and you know what i was Talk, listen to somebody talking about change and managers. In, in, until you get those two guys, if those two guys are your worst offensive players, the Sox are not going anywhere. And then let's be real quick, because I did mention to, to, to Sean that uh, you were talking about pitching and throwing strikes. Yeah. It just kind of caught me off guard that Dylan Cease leads the American League in 30 walks. So maybe you can talk to you look forward to him get better with his command. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it does concern me a little bit. So, okay. Always enjoy the show speech. You know that. Have a good one. I know it, Ron. Love that you're out there. Love when you call. <laughs> he said, might have to pull that. Yohan Moncada has walked twice. Literally. I had to Google it. Cause I was like, no way. Literally only two walks. That's insane. <laughs> got two walks, 77 plate appearances. And this is your patient guy. He walked 84 times last year. Right. Did that lead them in walks last year? I think I think Yaz might have just barely. Oh yeah, Yaz Yaz probably had him. That's right. So, oh my God, <laughs> that was great. Juan Mancada has walked twice. Grandal at 87 walks. Uh, Yaz at 84. Yeah, he's brutal right now. He's brutal right now. Here's the good news about Juan Mancada. Okay. Next year, he makes $17 million. In 2024, he makes $24 million. Okay? That's the good news. Oh, wait, is that not good news? No, that's bad news. Um, you knew that somebody who they signed one of all, all those preemptive extensions with that all seemed like great value Somebody was probably not going to work out. I don't know whether this is Moncada long term, but it sure feels like it might be him. You could say, well, Matt, it's also Eloy because he keeps getting hurt and he doesn't play full seasons. But when he plays, he's real good. It's not T.A. That extension looks great. 
I still feel great about the Robert extension because that dude is a player. Woo! That is a player. Uh, Aaron Bummer's uh, affordable extension He's, uh, has his moments uh, of, of making you crazy. The money in the bullpen makes you crazy. But what I'm talking about is the position player extensions at, at team-friendly rates. But the numbers rise in the later years. And Moncada at 17 mil and then 24 over the next two years. If this is him, yee, yee. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating in Hit and Run. A couple more hours to go. Lots of good stuff to come. Uh, Scott F. Ross, the Cubs side armor, will join us in a matter of moments on Hit and Run on the Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.